Wolves fans, it is Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 28, today on Saturday, June the 27th, 2009. Thank you for listening to this show, which is of course available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It means a lot to me, and uh, this show is my favorite, as I mention all the time. And uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have some cool stuff to talk about today. Uh, Interesting, but cool. Interesting, weird, but cool, basically, is what the the theme of the draft with the Wolves. Weird, but cool. uh, We're just going to have to see what happens here in the future. But first and foremost, as I mentioned, Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com. That is the flagship website for this show. Well, the website, thesportstuff.com, has made some some uh, has ha- had a facelift. It looks uh, quite interesting. Dylan Richardson has done a nice job on the website. You can see all the show's logos kind of all over the place on the on the top of it. It's it's an interesting look. Um, the button TSS boards is now in the the center, the the right center of the website, not the upper right hand corner anymore. It's the right center. Just click on that. That's how you can sign up for our message boards on thesportstuff.com. That is how you can interact with uh, other podcasters, other members, talk some sports, talk some politics, talk whatever the heck you want, video games. Um, Yeah, there's boards for every single team, basically, out there. There are boards for every single uh, sport in general and boards for every single podcast, as I like to put polls up from time to time on my Timberwolves Explosion board in the podcaster section, Purple Mafia section, Brave the Wild section, because I do three podcasts, of course, on this website, as most of you know by now. Um, Yeah, just a fantastic website. It's 100% free and 100% fun, so do check that out indeed. Also, Timberwolves Explosion is also hosted on TimberwolvesPress.com, TimberwolvesPress.com, your one-stop source for everything Timberwolves basketball. Hosted by Alec Alshemke. He is the webmaster. And he's the one that's allowed me on that website. And I mean, yeah, it's the best Timberwolves website out there by far. There's so much going on out there. He does a great job. I mean, the information is just on overload right now. There's so, so much going on with the Timberwolves in this draft this week, including a major trade also that I'm going to get to first right before I get to the draft because it kind of leads into it. It's a segue into the draft, basically. You know, in, in all facets, that's exactly what it does. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll get, uh, we're will get. going to take, basically, we're going to do both ads right here, and we're just going to have a two-segment show right here, the intro, and then both ads, and then we're going to go right on into the show from there on out because it's just basically the trade and the draft. That's basically what we're going to talk about, so... With no further ado, we'll take that quick break right now and be back after this announcement. Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. 
here on the sportstuff.com we're toughing up on brave the wild with paladino join me paladino as we brave the minnesota wild hockey club on our way to the playoffs we're available on the sportstuff.com and itunes the boogeyman Derek bugard says you better listen or he just might drop the gloves Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 28, which is a reminder for iPod users. Thank you again for checking out this show. Do check out Purple Mafia and Brave the Wild, my other two podcasts, Minnesota Vikings and Minnesota Wild podcasts. Lots and lots going on all the time. Brett Favre talk always on that Purple Mafia. That thing was pretty much a done deal. And Brave the Wild, well, we'll have a draft review for uh, for that show as well, so do check it out indeed. It will be fun. All right, well, before the draft, of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves Cut off a pretty big trade here, folks. A pretty big trade with the uh, Washington Wizards and the Minnesota Timberwolves wave goodbye to last season's backcourt. Randy Foy and Mike Miller traded to the Washington Wizards, so Flip Saunders now will have a chance to tutor Randy Foy. That does give that does bring up a very interesting scenario there. Randy Foy will now be coached by Flip Saunders. What does Flip Saunders do better than maybe anybody in the entire league? He coaches point guards. He develops point guards. Stefan Marbury had, by far, the most successful time of his career in Minnesota. I mean, he looked like a winner at the time. He didn't look like a guy who was all selfish. He looked like a guy who was about the team back then. And uh, Chauncey Billups was kind of a lost cause for uh, with uh, the uh, Boston Celtics, Toronto Raptors, and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, with Denver, Chauncey Bills became a scoring shooting guard. And now, of course, this was his first stint that people never talk about, by the way. It's almost like it never happened. But uh, Chauncey Bills was with the Denver Nuggets back in to the about 2000-ish. Um, and he was a heck of a scorer for the uh, Denver Nuggets with Nick Van Axel in the backcourt. Lots of scoring, about 20, 20 to 30 points just all the time, it seemed like, with between both of them. But the defense was horrendous, and uh, you still weren't getting what you needed, or what you weren't really getting what Chauncey Billups truly was all about. Flip Saunders was the guy that started to finally turn Chauncey Billups into what he really was supposed to be all along, a point guard. A point guard. Now, of course, there was that uh, <laughs> the learning curve right here in Minnesota with Chauncey Billups, and... Um, you know, people got a little frustrated thinking, oh, he's not really a true point guard and all that good stuff. And next thing you know, he winds up with the Detroit Pistons under Larry Brown. And that development got complete, as Larry Brown is also pretty good at developing point guards. And um, he basically had the two best coaches you could possibly have. And look at Chauncey Billups now. You know, he's been uh, he, he's a borderline Hall of Famer, Chauncey Billups. Borderline Hall of Famer, I think, when it's all said and done. If he can get another ring, maybe, along the way. We'll see. So, um not comparing Randy Foy necessarily to Chauncey Billups, but the situation is similar. It is. He has pretty much been a lost, uh, a, a, a lost player, a man without an identity, a guy that's has shown signs of being able to score, but he's also 
a natural, you know, in the end, I think he will become a point guard in the end, especially under Flip Saunders, not a shooting guard. Um, that's just not what Randy Foy is going to be, I think, long term, especially under Flip Saunders. So that will definitely be something to watch for. Absolutely. As for Mike Miller, well, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. Um, first, he had one of the worst coaches in the league, Randy Whitman, starting off, and that's part of the problem. But overall, the guy never really played the game of basketball the way he was hired to play. The guy is supposed to be a shooter, and he wanted to be Scottie Pippen. He wanted to be a point forward. That's not Mike Miller's game. It's part of his game, but he pretty much turned it into all of his game, and it frustrated the living heck out of me and lots of other people. Mike Miller, I'm sure, in Washington will have to do better than he did here. He will have to. Unless his career is just about over, which I can't believe that just yet. He's he's only, what, 29 years old, so can't believe he's ready to hang it up just yet. It's going to be quite interesting to see how Randy Foy and Mike Miller indeed do play in Washington. So that will be something to keep an eye on, especially Randy Foy, who, of course, was part of the most disappointing trade in Wolves history. Brandon Roy, Roy Foy, we know that about a million times. Well, the Timberwolves get spare parts in return, uh, along with the real piece, which I'll get to at the end. I mean, we all know what it is, but I'm going to get to it at the end. Uh, they add Darius Sangaila, who is a couple years left on his deal. He's making about three and a half, four million a year. So some people might be a little disappointed about that. But then again, that's kind of like Randy Foy's contract, really. Especially if you were going to ever keep Randy Foy, you know it was going to go up in price, you would assume anyway. Um, they also add Eton Thomas, whose contract is voidable, I believe, at the end of the year, making $7.5 million. Eton Thomas, who only averaged about three points and four rebounds a game last year with the Washington Wizards, definitely has never lived up to the hype. I mean, a lot of people thought he'd be better than this, and he hasn't really been much. Eton Thomas will come off the books at the end of the year, so there's kind of Mike Miller, kind of like Mike Miller, a little bit less. And then Oleski. <laughs> Alexi, excuse me, Oleksi, Oleksi Petrov, center. He's a center slash power forward from the Ukraine. He was the 18th overall pick by the Washington Wizards in 2006. So far, he's averaged 3.6 points and 2.1 rebounds over 67 games in his career and averaged about nine minutes a game. He hits the occasional three-pointer at about 30%. His overall field goal percentage... 36. So, hmm, I'm guessing he's just a little bit soft, as a lot of Euros are. Forgive me for uh, stereotyping, but a lot of Euros are pretty soft, especially the centers. So, we'll see. He's just kind of a wild card, and he's only making $1.5 million. You know, I know that doesn't sound, that sounds like a hell of a lot of money to me right now. I'd take $1.5 in a heartbeat. But, uh, yeah, in NBA terms, that is chump change. So, not going to hurt the cap there. But then the main focus, the main purpose of, of course, this trade was the rumors swirling all over the place. The fifth overall pick of the Washington Wizards, the one that I kept thinking was going to be the pick that would scoop in James Harden. So it made me, hmm, maybe we could get out of this draft with Johnny Flynn and James Harden. That'd be a pretty exciting backcourt. That'd be nice, our Tyreek Evans and James Harden. As, of course, my interest with Tyreek Evans went it just shot up the last week and a half. Um, Johnny Flynn, of course, the guy I endorsed for that sixth overall pick. 
And we'll get into that shortly as I'm just, oh, I'm so happy he's here. I can't even believe how happy I am that Johnny Flynn is a member of the Timberwolves. But uh, I could tell David Kahn agrees with me, by the way. But uh, just love Johnny Flynn. <laughs> I had to say it. But, uh, yeah, about this trade, all I really had to say about any thoughts of the Wolves getting the fifth overall pick was... Do it. Yes, absolutely. Just do it. Just do it. Not beat it, like Michael Jackson would say, but do do it. So <laughs> that is the deal right there. As uh, This is going to be very interesting how things go there. So now we're going to get into the draft, finally. There was a draft on Thursday, wasn't there? I almost forgot about that. Almost. No, I'm kidding. Let's see. Who do you think went number one overall? It was a, it was a surprise, weren't you? I mean, man. This was kind of a weird draft. It was really hard to tell. It was kind of like 2006. It's like, Andre Bargnani? In wow, that's interesting. No, it was Blake Griffin, of course. The L.A. Clippers' third chance for a number one pick overall, a franchise-changing player. The first one in 1988, Danny Manning. Eh, you know, good, but not even close to as good as other people in that draft. Certainly not a franchise changer, and boy, was he an injury-prone player, man. Just injuries, injuries, injuries. Ultimately traded for Dominique Wilkins, who they rented for two months. It screwed up a very good Atlanta Hawks team that year, by the way, which is <laughs> that's something I get into once in a while, and now you're hearing it on the air for the first time. Man, that Atlanta Hawks team had a chance to make some noise. They were the number one seed in 1994 in the Eastern Conference before they made that stupid trade for Danny Manning and threw away... There, Kevin Garnett, for, for no reason, for a guy that was another rented player who left for the Phoenix Suns later. Yeah, D Danny Manning was all about disappointment. I mean, they should have called him Disappointment Manning. So there's the first first round pick for the first overall pick for the Clippers. The second, though, is the is the the Godfather, the granddaddy of them all, the worst overall, the worst first overall pick I could even think of in history. Now, we all like to talk about how horrible Joe Smith was in 95, and when you consider Kevin Garnett was available, you know, granted Garnett was kind of an unknown at the time, kind of an unknown, in terms of, well, how good is a high schooler player going to succeed in the pros at this point, other than Moses Malone. But yeah, excuse me, I keep digressing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I digress as much as Alex Jones, it seems like, but uh, yeah. Michael... Olawakandi. Michael Olawakandi. Oh, come on, man. I mean, very much so. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Is Marcus the Forecaster weighing in on that one right there? I mean, <laughs> horrendous. Michael Olawakandi, what a worthless pile of crap. Number one overall pick in 1998. So that was a 10-year thing. It seems like every 10 to 11 years, the LA Clippers get the number one overall pick. They hopefully, hopefully got it right this time. I would think they did. And uh, to be honest with you folks out there, I kind of like that uh, those those draft hats for the LA Clippers. That's kind of cool looking. I'm not always a fan of you know oh black you know black jerseys, black hats, black shirts, and all that stuff. But with the Clippers, it actually looks pretty cool. You know, like I think it's way overused. Like when Phoenix went with the black jerseys and the Wolves of the black jerseys and the Magic of the black jerseys. You know, that's boring because everybody has black jerseys. Just cut it out. Have your own identity. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting how things go with the L.A. Clippers. So 
that's about as much Eddie, uh, Eddie Griffin. I'm really sorry. God rest his soul, by the way, Eddie Griffin. Um, Blake Griffin. This time, hopefully they got it right. Third time's a charm for the LA Clippers. And then the Memphis Grizzlies. The steam had went from Ricky Rubio to Hashim Tabit. It seemed like neither one of them wanted to play there, but Hashim Tabit was the pick. A lot of us, it was pretty predictable at this point. He goes to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, joins a uh, young core of players over there, including O.J. Mayo, Rudy Gay, Mike Conley. No more Kyle Lowry, though. That's disappointing for them. But, uh, yeah, you can tell I really like Kyle Lowry, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's going to be a pretty nice team over there in Memphis, I think, as long as their chemistry can hold up. Oklahoma City then really shores up their backcourt, like, forever. When you have guys like uh, Russell Westbrook and now James Harden, as James Harden, as the steam had picked up with this guy about 48 hours before the draft, all of a sudden, about 48 to 72 hours before the draft, James Harden all of a sudden had gone from, you know, the consensus number five and then all the way down to possibly seven, and then boom, all of a sudden, third pick. He's, he's going to go to Oklahoma City, and he does. So James Harden, who... Uh, a lot of us thought he looked kind of pissed off and disappointed when he was going to the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. No, I saw it wrong. He pounded his chest, a lot of like to say, hell yeah, let's do this, then jammed his hat on his head. You know, me and Marcus were laughing about that thing, and he's like, oh, bleep this, bleep this. You know, I don't want to go to the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Jammed his hat on, like, great. You know, but no, he was, he's just his being, he's just being determined, like, let's go tear it up, baby. This is going to be fun. And then uh, number four. As notice, Ricky Rubio has still not been selected. Memphis and Oklahoma City have passed on Ricky Rubio. Very, very interesting. But Sacramento needs a point guard. You know, Beno Udre is a decent player. He was a good find for them about two years ago when the Wolves just let him go for nothing. And um, they just kind of they acquired him from San Antonio for like 50 cents and then gave him to uh, Sacramento for about 35 cents, basically. I mean, it was like chumps, like nothing, and uh, did a good job. But, you know, he's not really a long-term solution at point guard. It's like, yep, there goes Ricky Rubio, almost certainly. But then, you know, the drafts team had also been talking about possibly Tyreek Evans going number four to the Sacramento Kings, and he did. He did, which is really cool, yet, hmm, now the Wolves are going to get Ricky Rubio. Very interesting. I mean, we just got Ricky Rubio, Marcus. What do you think of that, Marcus? Just crazy stuff. You know, I <laughs> shook his hand. He was kind of interested. He was like, this is interesting. And then the Wolves indeed took Ricky Rubio. So it looks like David Kahn would be quite the stock trader, folks. Quite the stock trader. I remember all the rumors about trading up. Trading up to number two to get... Hashim Tabit or Ricky Rubio, and possibly Ricky Rubio had kind of been a target for the Wolves for a while. He'd be quite a stock trader. You know why? You know, it's one of the main tells of a stock, uh, for stock trading, one of the main things, or one of, the, one of the rules. Don't chase it. Let it fall to you. Don't chase the stock. Let it fall to you. The Timberwolves did not chase. They did not give up draft picks or players. Ricky Rubio fell to them. Just like a stock can fall to you sometimes. Boom. And uh, the buy uh, the buy order was, was sent in on Ricky Rubio. Drafted number five overall, overall, excuse me, and a lot of the fans in this town were like, oh, my God, we just got Ricky Rubio. We just got the second best player in the draft at the number five pick. 
Oh my God! I mean, you know, a possible face of the franchise type of guy. Um, my initial reaction with Ricky Rubio, or from from uh, my initial reaction from Ricky Rubio's facial expressions when he was picked, was not of disappointment. He looked pretty pretty excited, pretty happy, a big smile on his face. But then things getting a little bit weird later on. We'll get to that later. So then a lot of us assumed, well, wait a minute, now Harden and Evans are gone, so who's number six going to be? Is it going to be Stephen Curry? DeMar DeRozan? Do you really want to mm, Do you really wanna pick DeMar DeRozan at number six? You know, his stock has dropped. Um, so maybe do you trade down for DeMar DeRozan with maybe the Knicks or something? Because there was a rumor the Wolves were going to trade the sixth pick to the New York Knicks for the number eight and Wilson Chandler. So that would definitely help fill that shooting guard spot at least either starter or backup depending on who we take at number eight Wilson Chandler a very talented player who I really like a lot and I mentioned that in a previous show when the Wolves are playing the Knicks yeah guy's got some talent and he's extremely young that would have been kind of a cool trade but the Wolves don't do it and uh the guy I endorsed and the guy I just absolutely loved, I mean, I remember just watching him, just looking, oh, now he's not going to come here. Shoot. I mean, I love Ricky Rubio, but he's, damn it, we're not going to get Johnny Flynn. Damn it. You know? Damn it. Evans and Flynn would have been really fun. But then the Wolves, all of a sudden, take Johnny Flynn, and everybody's like, what's going on here? What's going on here? Marcus then said this. This, this doesn't make any sense. As, uh, yeah, it, it really didn't at the time. Why did we just take two true point guards with back-to-back picks in the top six? That's five and six picks overall. Kind of strange. Kind of strange. So, <laughs> yet at the same time, I mean, I couldn't help it. As the night wore on, the excitement started to kick in. I mean, we just got Johnny Flynn. So just listening to this guy talk, I mean, what an energy guy. And he promises to bring energy to this team and leadership and uh, so many experts around the league have said that Johnny Flynn will immediately become a leader on his team. Immediately. The day he basically walks in the gym. And uh, I agree. It's Johnny Flynn who will don number 11 for the Timberwolves. Not number 10, 11. At least maybe until Rodney Carney signs or leaves, depending on how things go there. Um, Johnny Flynn from Syracuse, just absolute stud. I mean, you're not going to be talking about not getting, not, not driving to the basket enough, how we used to complain about Terrell Brandon and other soft point guards we've had, including Sebastian Talver, who doesn't drive to the basket enough, in my opinion. This guy is just the absolute attacker, and I'm so excited. Um, and, of course, Ricky Rubio drawing Pistol Pete comparisons, but Ricky Rubio talks about, I am Ricky Rubio. I, you know, I am not compared to anybody. I, uh, you know, I am my own player. And uh, how he not want to compare to uh, Pistol Pete? He, he he was he was better scorer than me. I'm 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 more passer. So <laughs> it's pretty much the deal with Ricky Rubio coming to the Wolves. So he's kind of more of a passing Pistol Pete, I guess you could say. So things getting very interesting. Yet at the same time, this this doesn't make any sense. You know, doesn't really make much sense. Really hard to say what's going on with the. Uh, situation, the situation here in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> it's it's a very strange deal. So we're just going to have to uh, wait and see there. David Kahn, before I get back into the uh, the draft, David Kahn, 
insists that these two guys can play together and uh, said how, hey, you know, the Boston Celtics did it with DJ, Dennis Johnson, God rest his soul, and uh, Danny Ainge, and also how the Detroit Pistons with Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars with two undersized guards succeeded in the pros and how the Flynn is more of a scorer and Rubio is just a straight-up passer. So we'll have to see... Um, the part I like about it, potentially, if if Ricky Rubio ever plays here, by the way, is, that's still not a done deal at all by any means. If Ricky Rubio does play here, that uh, the good part is he is already six foot four, and he just might grow because he's still he's still only eighteen years old. He just might grow a bit, so that means on offense. See, Ricky Rubio will be the main point guard. On offense, Johnny Flynn could kind of play kind of shooting guard and also still be a playmaker. I mean, shooting guards, the good shooting guards out there make plays for other people still, like O.J. Mayo and Brandon Roy and guys like that. They still pass the ball an awful lot, and Flynn is just going to be the bomb with driving and dishing. I mean, this guy, oh, my God. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you have Ricky Rubio as the point guard and Flynn as a shooting guard on offense, and then defensively you do the switcheroo with Rubio being the taller guy. And uh, there have been conflicting reports on Rubio's defense. Some people say it's actually really good. Others say it's not. So I'm going to no, I, I didn't see any complaints on ESPN about his defense on the scouting reports. So that's the hope, I guess you can say right there, that his defense will be able to hold up somewhat. And maybe he'll grow another inch. Maybe he will. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds kind of stupid to, count on somebody growing another inch, but what if he does? It can't hurt, right? And then um, Johnny Flynn is a tireless defender. I mean, this guy eats up the passing lanes as good as anybody. I just loved seeing what he can do when he just steals the ball, drives, and jams on people at six foot. I mean, he will be a really nice perimeter defender when he will guard point guards next season and beyond. Johnny Flynn, by the way, this guy's not going anywhere. Ricky Rubio, I think there's a 50 to uh, 40 to 50% chance Ricky Rubio will be traded and will not play on the Timberwolves at some point in time. Um, Johnny Flynn, though, this guy's here long term. It's plain as day that he is. And I couldn't be happier about it. Couldn't be happier about it. Um, now we'll continue on to the draft. We'll get a little bit more into those two later as uh, the guy that a lot of people thought was going to go to the New York Knicks or come here. Stephen Curry goes to Golden State. But Golden State already has Monta Ellis. Hmm. Man, this, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like, what's going on? Why would you do that? So it's like, again, another strange, another strange move. So we'll just see how things go there. As... It's a, it's a kind of a confusing deal, but uh, Don Nelson is a offensive, just a shoot, shoot, shoot type of coach. So uh, it, it, the system's good, but the uh, <laughs> the pick is kind of a weird one, I guess. We'll just have to wait and see with that. A lot of Wolves fans upset that Stephen Curry's not coming to the Wolves. But uh, Stephen Curry, is him and his dad insist he's a point guard. And if it's Ricky Rubio and Stephen Curry, you're going to have a little chemistry issue. I got the sneaky feeling that would happen. So I guess whatever. We're just going to have to move on from that. New York then makes kind of a strange move. Jordan Hill, it's just it's typical Knicks. They make the weirdest draft picks. And Isaiah Thomas isn't there anymore. It's Donnie Walsh. 
So, okay, whatever. <laughs> Toronto then scoops up DeMar DeRozan, another super athlete going to Toronto. What a surprise. So uh, that'll be really kind of cool to see how that works out. DeMar DeRozan, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. He's got a chance to be pretty good. Brandon Jennings. Well, his stock was way up at one point to going to Sacramento and way down to going possibly 716th or so, or even lower. Uh, winds up with Milwaukee, as that was kind of the steam late, uh, late that Brandon Jennings would wind up with the Milwaukee Bucks. Some people thought Johnny Flynn would slide down there, but no. He's coming to Minnesota, baby, and thank God Johnny Flynn's here. Uh, Brandon Jennings, I think, folks, is going to improve the Milwaukee Bucks quite a bit. Quite a bit. So definitely, I think he'll be a big help for Andrew Bogut and even uh, Michael Red. It's going to be very interesting. New Jersey winds up with Terrence Williams. That'll help somewhat replace Vince Carter, who of course, was traded to the Toronto Raptors this week, and Shaq traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's more stuff there. <laughs> Not going to majorly get into that today. Get into that probably later on for that whole on, a, on an off-season show that I'll do maybe next week or so. Um, Gerald Henderson then goes to Charlotte. That's a guy the Wolves possibly were targeting if they traded down. Tyler Hansborough shoots all the way up to 13 and goes to the Indiana Pacers. So the Pacers take another kind of, kind of sort of soft uh, power forward. So things are going to be kind of interesting there with that. We'll see how things go. Earl Clark, a guy who a lot of people were talking about, going to the Phoenix Suns. That could be a good... Uh, Improvement for the Phoenix Suns. He'll help replace uh, Sean, Mar- Sean Marion and uh, the guy the Wolves were targeting. Well, one of the one of the guys that at least was always on the the, the mock drafts, Austin Day, goes to Detroit. That's definitely going to help them. And the guy that for sure the Wolves were targeting, as they admitted it, James Johnson, power forward, goes to the Chicago Bulls. So then that was pretty much the end of pick number 18 for Minnesota, as we'll find out in a second. As, but, uh, man, it's like, wait a minute, you know, Drew Holiday still available? Hey, Wolves need a shooting guard. Maybe they could put Drew Holiday with uh, the other guys. That could be interesting. It would look a little weird because officially they call him a point guard, but he can play shooting guard too, and he's a really good defender. Hmm, Johnny Flynn and Drew Holiday. That would be a pretty good defensive backcourt. Do it, do it, do it. Oh, wait, Philadelphia is still available. Hmm. And Philadelphia, what do you think they did? I mean, I just look right over to Marcus. You just know what's going to happen, right? They're going to take him, aren't they? They did. God dang it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. As uh, <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers now have Drew Holiday. So that was a decent pick. And then the weirdest pick of the pick that everybody's like, okay, what the hell's going on? Ty Lawson, Minnesota, number 18. Ty Lawson, but it's like, yep, there's absolutely going to be some type of trade here. Maybe it's Flynn, maybe it's Rubio, or otherwise it's probably Ty Lawson, but maybe Lawson could replace Sebastian Telfair. Boy, you you know, I wouldn't be too disappointed. And, um, well, Ty Lawson then was traded for a future pick, traded to the Denver Nuggets for a future pick, which was officially the Charlotte Bobcats pick. So it'll be whatever Charlotte finishes Next year, it is protected to number 12. So hopefully they can finish 13-14. Copyright Dan Cole. <laughs> Next year, that'll be quite interesting. Jeff Teague still on the board? Not anymore. He's going to the Atlanta Hawks, which could also be a sign that Mike Bibby will not be returning to Atlanta. Maybe. 
but they also did give up AC Law. They already have given up on AC Law because they acquired Jamal Crawford. So Jeff Teague and Jamal Crawford in Atlanta, you say. Hmm. Interesting. Utah gets a nice backup. Well, a guy who's going to have to be a backup point guard in Eric Maynard. That was a good pick. And uh, Darren Collison, another point guard, and goes to New Orleans, so he'll be a backup for the Hornets. He's a guy that some people even had the Wolves taking 18. Ultimately, after that, Victor Claver goes to Portland, the power forward. Omri Caspi. Omri Caspi goes to Sacramento, another foreigner. Sacramento's just filled with him all the time. B.J. Mullins finally goes he gets traded, or he gets, excuse me, he gets drafted by the Dallas Mavericks, later traded. Um, Rodrik Biabos, Biabos goes to Oklahoma City. He'll be their backup, maybe, if he still is there. Taj Gibson, a lot of guys liked him. Power forward goes to the Bulls. Demar Carroll going to Memphis, number 27. And then finally, it's the Wolves pick again. And we take Wayne Ellington, so finally. And, and now this was with DeMond, excuse me, DeWan Blair and Sam Young available, two strong players from the from, from Pitt who helped them go to the Final Four last year. DeWan Blair, by the way, really nice player. But uh, Wayne Ellington was the guy, and I, I, I stood up and clapped. That was a good pick. So there's your shooting guard, a guy who is just flat out is a shooter, period. The Wolves finally get something of that nature. In Wayne Ellington, former North Carolina player and the MVP of the tournament. The MVP of the tournament. So, cool. That should be fun. Uh, Rashad McCants was that as well, so let's be careful. But (laughs) ultimately, Wayne Ellington, though, I think will be a really valuable piece for the Timberwolves as possibly instant offense off the bench, maybe a spot starter. After that, Tony Douglas goes to L.A. That course was bought by the New York Knicks. And the Cleveland Cavaliers... Take Christian Oyenga, and that's the end of your first round. After that, the Wolves take two more players. Real quick, though, the San Antonio Spurs did it again. Real quick before I get into the Wolves picks. 37th, he was 7th pick in the seventh round, in the second round, excuse me. 37th overall, Dewan Blair. Yeah. Spurs did it again, folks. They did it again. They got another valuable piece, Dewan Blair. You just know he's going to be better than 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 he, his 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 draft turnout was. As uh, people shied away from him because he had ACL injuries on both knees in his past, but uh, this is going to be a really he's going to be a pain in the butt uh, uh, again. Another San Antonio Spur pick that's going to work out. You just know that's what's going to happen. So. There you go. We'll go move on from that. Minnesota Timberwolves at 45. Take Nick Kalathis, another kind of point guard, shooting point guard from Florida, who later was traded to the Dallas Mavericks for another second-round pick. So there you go. So that's the end of that. The Wolves on with the, with the 47th pick. Overall, 17th in the second round take Hank Norell, who also was a teammate of Ricky Rubio's. So that could possibly be kind of like a little uh, fun. That could be kind of like a little buddy thing for Ricky Rubio, maybe to help somewhat encourage him to come here. Somewhat. It'd be nice. 
So we'll see what happens. He, of course, Hank Norell from the Netherlands. He's a 6'11 power forward who is pretty skinny, folks. 6'11, 226. Some even say he's only 2'11. So a stick figure. We'll see what happens. Not sure exactly what's going what's gonna to happen overall. He's probably going to stay overseas for at least a year or two, just like maybe Ricky Rubio. My final take, though, on the draft, Taylor, or a final little second-round thing, Ty- Taylor Griffin goes right after <laughs> Hank Norell at the 48th pick to the Phoenix Suns. So, again, another brother. So last year it was Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez. Phoenix Suns take Robin Lopez. Then it was Blake Griffin and Taylor Griffin. going. Now, Blake, Taylor Griffin goes to the Suns, so another brother of a... Of a, of a top pick. It's a very interesting, of a high pick anyway. Lopez wasn't taken top, but high. So that is the take on the draft overall. As now we'll shift back again to the whole Ricky Rubio situation. He did not show up to the uh, press conference yesterday. People kind of getting more and more uh, suspect of how things are going with that. And, uh, there's talk that Ricky Rubio will that it wasn't all too excited that he was taken by the Minnesota Timberwolves that he wound up here. Uh, to me, it's really hard to say. Ultimately, David Kahn's take was that he didn't really want to force force uh, Ricky Rubio's hand because he's still got to work on that buyout deal. He, he would have to owe 6.6 million dollars out of his pocket to uh, get out of that, that team in Spain. 6.6 million. Ricky Rubio doesn't have 6.6 million, folks. Then the Timberwolves can only contribute up to 500,000. That's it. Now, I know it's only to us, or, or to them, I know. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's still, the percentage is tiny. That's all they can do. And Ricky Rubio, so that means the likelihood of Rubio showing up here next year, uh, not super likely. Not super likely. We're just going to have to see what happens with that. So that is ultimately the reason, according to at least at least David Kahn, why he did not attend the press conference. A lot of people, though, are suspect that Ricky Rubio does not want to be here and that he ultimately will be traded, possibly to a team like the New York Knicks or another large market team like the Bulls or something. Well, probably not the Bulls, but you get the idea, uh, just like a New Jersey or something. So we're going to have to wait and see with that. Um, there's talk about... Donnie Walsh even calling David Kahn. Of course, they were co-workers for years in Indiana. So the whole Ricky Rubio situation still very much in the air. Johnny Flynn, though, one way or another, he's going to be on this team, I guarantee you, as will Wayne Ellington, at least for the time being. But uh, Johnny Flynn, (laughs) you can just tell this guy is going to be here for a long time. And uh, David Kahn could not stop saying, just love Johnny Flynn. Just love Johnny Flynn. And it's kind of like, hmm, that's a little creepy, as me and Alec were talking about that last night. Alec of Timberwolves Press, of course. Uh, yeah, it sounded a little creepy. Oh, he almost sounded a little fruity there, David Kahn. And then Flynn kind of chuckled and said, love you too, man, you know, basically. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is going to be fun. And I, I, I can understand why David Kahn would say that. The guy is a tireless warrior, and I can't say enough good things about Johnny Flynn. And, um Alec, last night, did pose a very interesting question, asking, but wait a minute, how was, uh, but just real quick, 
How does Johnny Flynn compare it to Randy Foy, though? The numbers are pretty similar. The styles were somewhat similar, you know, between, you know, the Villanova-Syracuse thing. They both played in tough conferences and both did similar things in college. To me, my response is Johnny Flynn just – Johnny Flynn has a lot more energy, for one. That, that's a start. He has a lot more athleticism, and I'm telling you, when you hear the tell about Randy Foy not being able to go left, particularly late in games – that ain't going to be a problem with Johnny Flynn. It's not going to be a problem with Johnny Flynn. I mean, you see what kind of a ball handler this son of a gun is. It is unbelievable. I mean, I can't see Johnny Flynn not being able to go right or left at some point in time. I, I can't see it. I don't see that kind of a weakness on Johnny Flynn. Randy Foy never got rid of that weakness, and he is 25 years old. He was also a senior when he came out of college. Johnny Flynn a sophomore. So that that's my uh, assurance I'd like to give Wolves fans that might be a little suspect of that, including Alec and, and many others. Johnny Flynn to me, I'm going to say this right here on the air, and you can all come back and rip me if I'm wrong, because there's a possibility I will be. Johnny Flynn will be way better than Randy Foy. Johnny Flynn will be better than Randy Foy. I am, I am going to say that right here, right now. Johnny Flynn will be considerably more successful than Randy Foy throughout his career. Despite how Randy Foy may improve in Washington or somewhere else. So there it is. There's my statement of the day on Johnny Flynn. Ricky Rubio, you know, folks, I can't tell you if he's going to come here or not. Um, The Wolves, though, have an asset one way or the other. They either have a very exciting franchise type of player a face of the franchise type of player who will sell tickets, who will sell jerseys, who will who will get higher ratings on the television and the radio and many other things. Lots more hits on the website, lots more endorsement and advertisement possibilities. If Ricky Rubio will come, does come here, and that would be terrific. And he also is an asset if we have to trade him because many teams have called the Wolves already. One also has said, you can, I mean, aside from a certain player, the one player on their roster, that we could have two of anybody else on their roster for Ricky Rubio. So a lot of you out there that might think we're going to get lowballed and we're going to get screwed if we end up trading Ricky Rubio, I'm not so sure. We might not get screwed. (laughs) I'm hoping we don't. And also do remember, this is not, we did not give up assets to move up to number two to get Ricky Rubio. We, uh, Ricky Rubio fell to us, so... That's the exciting part. And um, the reason why people were scared about Ricky Rubio is that buyout situation. And he might be a little picky on where he goes. Doesn't really seem to want, didn't seem to want to go to Memphis. Uh, Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook was pretty, ha- I mean, I could imagine they're pretty happy with their point guard situation. And also there was even rumors that Russell Westbrook demanded that the Oklahoma City Thunder do not take Ricky Rubio because he didn't want his point guard spot to, to be uh, to be an issue at all. And now it won't be, because James Harden's there. So, yeah, Ricky Rubio, this is a very controversial, controversial situation right now. It's very interesting, though. And uh, we're going to be talking about this all summer and probably for a while here, maybe for 10 years. <laughs> maybe for 10 years if he's either very successful or if – He's very successful somewhere else, like very successful here or somewhere else. So we're going to wait and see what happens here. We're going to wait and see what happens. It's going to be a very, very interesting situation. 
And if the two played together, I think they are compatible. I do. As I said earlier, Ricky Rubio, at least you'd think he would somewhat be able to guard some two guards. I mean, when we talk about, oh, yeah, how is he going to match up with Kobe Bryant? Well, the same way Michael Petris did. Well, maybe not Michael Petris, but you get the idea. You you put Well, you probably put on... A Rod, you probably get a Rodney Carney out there. You don't put Rubio on him the whole game. And at the same time, though, you get the idea. Despite how good a defender Michael Petrus hit, Kobe Bryant's still going to get 30 points. He's still going to get 30. It's just one of those situations that you're going to have to live and die with no matter what you're going to do. I mean, you're going against Kobe freaking Bryant. You're not, you know, <laughs> it's not that easy. And that's why you keep guys like Corey Brewer and Rodney Carney on your roster, if you can. You have defensive specialists for a reason. So that is my stance on that situation. One way or another, Johnny Flynn's going to be here. Wayne Ellington's going to be here. And uh, I, I, I like it. I like it. And uh, Rubio might be able to get us a nice shooting guard in return or something. I don't think we trade him for yet another point guard. I doubt it. So <laughs> we're just going to – it's all a big wait and see at this point in time. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty much uh, – this, this doesn't make any sense. Still a bit confused by things, and I'm sure a lot of you are as well. You can hear I'm a little bit confused by things. And um, let's just hope for the best. Things I think will work out in the long run, and I – Got to tell you, David Kahn is better than Kevin McHale. There's no way in hell Kevin McHale would have traded up to get number five. He never traded up once in his life, and David Kahn did it in his first month as the boss of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I'm going to close with that, and uh, I thank each and every one of you for listening. I really enjoyed doing this, as you could probably tell. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as well, and uh, until next time, We're going to keep a lookout. Keep an eye on Ricky Rubio. Stay tuned. We'll be back very soon.